Bill Michaels Show. How are you today? You woke up probably a little bit uh, colder today than you were yesterday. And even the day before that. We got that little glimpse of warm weather. I can finally see some of the brown grass in my yard. I got a chance to finally, I mean, I unplugged the lights, don't get me wrong, but I got a chance to find, because I don't put up like Christmas lights. I put up a wreath that lights up, a really big one. It's like a, I don't know, about a three and a half foot wreath. And then I put one of those, you know, red lights on it for Christmas. So I unplugged the red light and the Christmas lights on the wreath a a while ago. But I finally was able to just kind of muddle my, because I hate walking through the snow and gym shoes and stuff and you get what blech. So I finally got a chance once the ground was clear, when we had the melting snow, to go out and get up the, the wreath off the side of the house and get that Christmas light out of the front of the house and everything. So I feel like I'm accomplishing something right now. It was sad, though, um, since I, I've lost Elmo. I had to take the uh, I took the fencing down out back because I don't need it anymore. And it, it was it uh, the green snow fencing is what I would put up in the wintertime because Elmo was elderly. And I didn't want him wandering off, especially in the snow, because there were times that he, he just didn't walk real well and he couldn't get back if the snow got deep. And it saved me from going out and getting him so I could at least see him. But uh, I, I don't have a need for it anymore. So sadly, I took my, my snow fencing down. It was a, it was kind of a sad day. I got to be honest. But, um, but anyway, I'm, you know, muddling through, muddling through, getting ready for uh Getting ready for L.A. Started packing. I don't even know what to take to L.A. Daytime, 75, 77 degrees. Nighttime, you're back in the 40s. So it's kind of like the the best of both worlds when it comes to a little bit of home and a little bit of West Coast. But uh, getting ready for that trip. In the meantime, we've got uh, a sighting of a house being built down in Tennessee. It's Aaron Rodgers' house. Oh, my God, he's leaving. We're trading him for Tannehill. No, you're not. Tannehill's owed over fifty million bucks in dead cap money. He's he's not coming here. <laughs> that's not happening. No. Uh, so no, that's not uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon. They're not going to pay that and pay Rodgers, and the Packers aren't going to pay that to Tannehill, and certainly not going to pay him thirty six million dollars a year. I'd rather go slam an appendage in a car door than do that. So yeah, that uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers just wants to be close to maybe a guy like Darius Rucker. Maybe maybe jam a little bit on one of his albums or get on one of those stages down there on Nashville and on, on you know Music Row and just kind of hang out. He just sing a song or two to Shailene Woodley. He's growing the hair out. He's kind of country looking now. Throws a cowboy hat on or one of those you know beat up old you know John Deere ball caps backwards. You know he's good to go. Pair of jeans. As long as he's not wearing walking around downtown with the ball cap and the shades on and that State Farm shirt. So he's going, hey, does everybody know who I am? That type of thing. But other than that, he's fine. He's not going anywhere. So quit panicking. (laughs) Quit panicking. Uh, The big story yesterday was that Brian Flores, uh, the former coach, filed that lawsuit uh, in New York. And it has now been, and I expected this. What happens in any lawsuit? What happens? I think we can all pretty much know what the next step is going to be. Brian Flores gets fired. They say he's very tough to work with. He waits a little while. He thinks he has a job, uh, at least a legitimate job interview with the New York Giants. Uh, The text mistakenly or wink, wink, nod, nod, which I, you know what? Bill Belichick, for a master of coaching that he is, 
Can you imagine if Bill Belichick found out that Dable got the job and one of his former guys, Brian Flores, was basically a token? And Bill thought, that sucks, man. He shouldn't have to go through that. You've already hired your guy. So Brian Dable, you know, I'm going to do that. Oh, I F this up. I sent out, I sent this out by mistake. I've thought about that. If you want to go with conspiracy theory, I've thought about that. That, that, that could possibly be the case. Because it was, it, nothing, none of this happened until that text came from Bill Belichick. So Flores says he felt humiliated that he's going to interview for a job that's not even vacant as just a token black man. So he goes and files a lawsuit. And then he just opens up the can of worms saying, hey, Stephen Ross wanted me to tank games. Now, this is where, this is where, I want to discuss something real quick. I'm going to, I'm going to put the brakes on this for just a minute on, on the rest of this story. In my opinion, and you tell me if, if you feel the same or you think I'm off base here, an owner, if true, paying a head coach to lose games is far more, far more, egregious than any player in the NFL on PEDs than any player in the NFL trying to downplay their baseline concussion status. Any of this. Hugh Jackson comes out and says, hey, the Browns did it. During the 2016-2017 season, they wanted me to lose games. Brown and I wouldn't put it past anything past Haslam because that guy's a that guy's a freak anyway. You talk about an ass of an owner, that guy's an ass. But Hugh Jackson says, "Yep, this, <laughs> it happens." Any owner that does that should be immediately made to sell their team. I cannot fathom. Now the commissioner works for the owners, so when it comes to being the almighty powerful, Roger Goodell has power. Until he gets to ownership. And after that, he snipped. He is sitting in the back of the veterinarian's office, and they are taking his manhood. Gone. Because they're the ones that own him. He works for them. He's getting paid a lot of money to work for them. But any owner to me, that goes to their head coach and says, I want you to lose game. Now, if a coach says something to the effect of, you know, man, we're, we're right there neck and neck, you know, for the first overall draft choice, we'd really like this guy, you know, man, hope that works out. That's one thing. But another, to, to go to a head coach and say, I'll pay you $100,000 per game you lose, no way. That, that owner should be forced to sell their team immediately. And they should be. Now, this is my point. They should be forced to sell the team for what they bought it for. You should not be allowed to profit off illegality. I think that's garbage. Uh, James says, so did the coach take the money? No. The report is that he left the boat. He left, that, he left Stephen Ross's yacht. There was two reasons. He wanted him, one, to lose games, and two, he wanted him to talk to Tom Brady, basically tamper uh, at that point, and Flores wouldn't do it. 
That's that's the alleged story. So I'm stepping aside there and getting off the soapbox because I think any owner that does that is far more egregious and far more of a cheater than any player taking PEDs. So, okay, now I'm off the soapbox. Now, Stephen Ross, he has responded, calling the claims false, malicious, and defamatory and promising to defend his personal integrity as well as that of the organization. Uh, Flores filed the lawsuit, as we all know, in Manhattan. And as a part of the lawsuit, Flores alleges that Ross offered him the 100000 bucks per loss during the 2019 season, his first as a head coach, and an attempt to, quote, tank to strengthen their value of the uh, draft choice. Miami fired Flores last month after three seasons, including consecutive winning seasons in 2020 and 2021. Ross says the decision was made because of issues with, quote, collaboration within the organization. But Flores alleges his firing stemmed from his refusal to tank from years ago, which created animosity. Ross responded publicly to the allegations in the lawsuit for the first time last night with regards to the allegations being made by Brian Flores. I am a man of honor and integrity and cannot let them stand without responding. He said in a statement, I take great personal exception to these malicious attacks and the truth must be known. His allegations are false, malicious, and defamatory. We understand that there are media reports stating that the NFL intends to investigate his claims, and we will cooperate fully. I welcome that investigation, and I am eager to defend my personal integrity and the integrity of the values of the entire Miami Dolphins organization from these baseless, unfair, and disparaging claims. Um, I called a buddy of mine last night, and I said, tell me something. Is Brian Flores hireable? And a buddy of mine's usually pretty in tune. He lives in Vegas, but he's usually pretty in tune. He said, no, he's as, he's as nuclear toxic as toxic can be because this is a, and as he put it, a white good old boy network of owners. While they may not like each other in every facet, they all stand for one thing, and that is their money. And they will not allow anyone to touch their money or disparage the shield. And so... Exactly what we thought ha- would happen happened, and that is they're calling Flores a liar. They're going after his character. Uh, now, Flores claims to have others that can back up his statements, and he's going to need them to have others that could back up his statements. But um, but I, I it's it's we'll see. We'll see what happens because this is not going to go away. Flores is making the rounds. I mean, he was on the CBS Morning Show. He was on ESPN. He was on SportsCenter. He was on GetUp. Uh, he was on one of their other shows. I can't remember what it was. Then he was over on all the news networks. He was on CNN. I saw, I think uh, he was, I know he was on CNN. I think he was on Fox as well. And he's making the rounds via talk show. I would, I would not be surprised if he is not walking up and down uh, Radio Row if they would credential him. But he is he is right now on his on his soapbox preaching to anybody that will listen that this is a corrupt system. The Broncos, the Giants, the Dolphins, they've all been corrupt in one way or another when it comes to the hiring practices, uh, of which it becomes a, somewhat of a gray area, and I understand that. Because, yeah, you know, let's be honest. I mean, in, in the real world, in our world, you and I have been through companies. You and I have been through jobs. You and I have been through certain circumstances in which we know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who hires somebody, 
whether it's as a server or whether it's as the CEO of a company. We, we've all known somebody. And usually you get big-time jobs through connections, you know. Or, I mean, I, I can just speak for my own self. You know, I have helped a couple of friends along the way when they've been looking for a certain position. I've made phone calls on their behalf. And that's how they got their foot in the door because I knew them. They got in touch with this particular person. It granted them an interview. They liked them, and then suddenly they got the job. It wasn't because suddenly they just started taking applications. Even though they were taking applications, they had, you know, the, these particular people had dozens of friends calling them saying, hey, I've got this guy. I've got this girl. She would be great for this particular position. Here you go. It's kind of somewhat who you know. In the coaching ranks, it's a very, very tight fraternity. So you get a sense of what you like. If you're an owner or a general manager, you're looking around the rest of the league going, man, I really like this. This is what I want because we know it's a copycat league. So if you've got a guy whose offense is just innovative, they're doing things differently, there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of motion, there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of zone blocking, there's a lot of man blocking, there's whatever it is that kind of suits you, you already have that idea. What the Rooney rule was put in place for was to put more minority candidates in front of you so you could hear their voice. So they could have their opportunity to come and wow you and impress you before you finalized your decision. The problem is that the decisions are being made ahead of time, and they're doing this as the yawn, 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 okay, whatever, come in, talk to me so I can say I did it, let me check a box. It, the owners aren't taking it serious. So no matter what you and I say, no matter what outrage there is among the African-American community in, in the NFL, it's ultimately up to the owners to say, I'm going to take this process serious. I'm going to take this process as a first-come, first-serve, individual basis, and I'm going to then base all of my information and all of my findings off of individual interviews and not just what I see or just what I want. I want to walk into this with an open mind, and that's the biggest thing. I think that's really what any coaching prospect is asking. Don't come to me with a closed mind having already made it up. At least listen to me and let me wow you in my own way. And if I don't, that's fine. But at least let me come in on the same level playing field that everybody else is coming in on. That, I think, is what they're asking for. Um, Rick says Flores is going to be lucky to land a Division One AA job at this point. And you know, he could probably go to any college. He could, he could go to a big-time college. I don't know any big – now, I'm talking as a head coach. Um you would, he's probably going to go back and pay his dues somewhere because he knows he just committed career suicide in that realm. But he could still go somewhere and end up as a, a coordinator or a head coach. I'm, I'm sure he probably could. It may not be, you know, Alabama anytime soon or it may not be Ohio State. It may not be Michigan. It may not be USC. It may not be any of those big ones. But I, I, he's, he's, you know, I think there's a lot of colleges that would look at him and go, you know what? I'll take that in my my organization. I think college athletic directors are more open-minded to this than are the NFL. The NFL is there's too much money and there's too much power and there's too much behind the scenes at stake. College, no, it's all about winning. If you get if you bring this guy in, you and he's legit. Okay, I'm not just say hiring because hire him because of the color of his skin, but if you give him an opportunity and he comes in and legitimizes your program, that's huge. Not only did you give a minority a true opportunity, but also in that sense, you've had success because of it. You know, I mean there's a lot of positives that could go to that in the college ranks. 
which is probably where he's going to have to go back to before he comes back into the NFL, if he ever comes back in the NFL. Uh, Megs, again, people chiming in late saying, is Rodgers going to the Titans? No, he is not. It's, it's, it's a non-story. It's, if, if indeed it's true and he's building a house, he wants to be near Radio Row. Music Row, I should say, not Music Row, not Radio Row, Music Row. That's what this is about. He's, it's just, he sold a house in California. And when he built the house in California, when he, when he took the job or took the house in Malibu, nobody said suddenly he was going to play for the Rams, right? He's a music freak. He probably just wants to be down in Nashville so he can go down there every now and then, catch some concerts, visit. It's a beautiful area if you've never been down there. It's beautiful. So he's got the house in Malibu out on the West Coast, and now he's got a house in the heartland in, in Nashville. But that doesn't mean he's going to the Tennessee Titans. No, he's not. Uh, let's step away. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And the second part of this is the accusations uh, towards the Dolphins and what happened with Brian Flores there and feeling like Steve Ross um, was offering him $100,000 to lose games there. I actually talked to one of the witnesses um, who heard Steve Ross say that. So they're going to use that. There's multiple witnesses there in that situation. So all of this is going to be lawyers involved in this. But I think the biggest thing about this week and about Brian Flores' statement is it's bringing larger attention to what has been maybe the biggest issue for black assistant coaches that we're not getting a fair shot and this needs to be corrected and a lot of this starts with ownership. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues on. Hopefully you're having a good day today. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends. I mentioned uh, yesterday or a little earlier in the program, actually, I was at Skipper Bud's the other day and uh, boy i tell you what after the boat show they got a whole lot of boats on the lot right now you can check out their huge selection of yachts but pontoons are everywhere sport and deck boats fishing boats and yes the best in water sports and jet boats and cruisers and four winds and mastercraft and taiga and scarab and star i can go on and on uh but get a hold of todd todd's a gm out there he's the one that's making the deals great guy 262-544-1200 262-544-1200 1200 tell them we said hi also speaking of uh, telling them we said hi check out our friends at curly's waterfront pub and grill lakeview boulevard in pewaukee overlooking the lake big selection of brews cocktails fresh made food they have bands they have ticket giveaways to all your favorite teams raffles charity nights go to curly's waterfrontpub.com that's curly's waterfrontpub.com or just follow them on facebook they're just good people out there a lot of fun too good food uh, welcome back to the program, and uh, as we continue on, uh, this one is from uh, Chris, who says, uh, by the way, uh, crazy thought, um, does the exit of Devontae, if Rodgers comes back, does it make Rodgers better having trust in his other receivers and not forcing the ball into double coverage? That's a great question. Your first reaction is Yes because we've seen Rodgers play without Devontae Adams, and they've won games without Devontae Adams. And why? Because Rodgers has looked fantastic and spreading the ball around, and guys have had to step up. Uh, that's, that's the gut reaction. But you can never have, when it comes down, when, when the rubber meets the road, you can beat subpar teams. 
You can beat average teams. But the really good teams, defensively speaking, can take you out of your game because they have the personnel to cover what you're throwing at them. That's what San Francisco did. Now, I will say, there were opportunities where Rodgers could have gone to Alan Lazard not once but twice, move the, move the, move the sticks, and kept a drive alive and chose to one time on third and long and another time on second and two and chose to go to Devontae Adams, who was covered, completely covered. But because Devontae had a matchup, he went there instead. He was looking Devontae all the way. So I understand the, the question, but uh, you can never have enough great players, you know, within the reason. You know what I mean? I mean, you just, just take a look right now at the Rams. Do you think that, you know, well, he wouldn't look for Cooper Cup as much if Cooper Cup wasn't there? Of course not. You'd be going to Odell Beckham Jr., you'd be going to Van Jefferson, you'd be able to move the ball around more. No, you. It, it's great that you have Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham Jr. Now, here's the, the rub. My assumption is Matthew Stafford is not just looking for Cooper Cup. So, in essence, you're correct. Take a look at Cincinnati. They have Jamar Chase. Certainly, there's a, repu- there, there's a, a, a reputation there going all the way back to when they were at LSU together. They have that relationship. But he still spreads the ball around to Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. You know? So, I, uh, while I get your question, I'm not necessarily, uh, not necessarily in agreement. Hal Habib of uh, the Palm Beach Post, he's going to join us uh, today, and we're going to talk with him about everything that's going on down there uh, in Miami and what's happening, because I think it's uh, it's going to be a never-ending story when it comes to, and, until there's actually a, a conclusion of court, I guess. But it's going to be something that this has kind of lit the fire. You know, it struck the match to uh, to the, you know, because right now the fuse is burning. I don't know when the boom is going to take place, but it's eventually going to happen. And uh, we're going to talk with him about what's going on down there in Miami. So that's coming up next. So hang in there for that. Again, Hal Habib uh, of the Palm Beach Post, he's going to join us today. And we're going to talk with him about what's going on down there. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up a little bit later? You can. Don't forget about our friends at the Water Doctors out in Waukesha. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Best water softening system in the history of water softening systems, in my opinion. I have got it in my house. Love it. Absolutely. And I do this not because they give it to me. It's I bought it. I love this thing. It's the best water softening system ever, ever. And right now they're installing these things in your home. You can order one up. And whether you're replacing an old one, you're building a new house, you're going through renovation, or you just want good, clean water in your home. You want to see all the deposits off your shower head go away. You want to see your ice cubes clear. You can see through them because there's not any other gunk in your water. Okay, that, did you know that's what makes your ice cubes cloudy? That's the truth. I get clear ice. It's fantastic. And the water coming out of my reverse osmosis. I don't need to get filtration systems through my refrigerator or anything like that. It's just good. And they do great work 
with the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy helping veterans. So many good things at the Water Doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. That's H2, the letter O, doctors.com. We're going to talk uh, down in Miami. We're going to head down to Miami. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hopefully uh, you are enjoying your day. A little bit nippy out all throughout the uh, listening area. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water out on Okachi Lake. Check out Smoke on the Water. Great people. Joe and Ellen Helen is fantastic. That big barbecue smoker they have out there is awesome. Really good food, great drinks. Summertime, it's, it's really cool. Just sit there and watch the boats go by. But uh, all season long, check out Sloppy Joe's and then Smoke on the Water out on Okachi Lake. Uh, taking a look as to what's going on and how this is having an impact uh, down in Miami. Uh, joining us now on the line, uh, you can find him at Gunner Howe over on Twitter from the Palm Beach Post. Hal Habib now joining us, covering the Dolphins for over 40 years. Hal, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. So what has been the, the ripple effect of the accusations regarding Brian Flores? Well, you know, it's it's sort of a two-pronged thing. If you're talking about it from a South Florida perspective, you know, we're obviously concerned about the Dolphins and whether their owner did, in fact, offer what essentially amounts to a bribe to uh, lose football games. Uh, nationally, the perspective is something totally different because Brian is trying to shine a light on the hiring practices within the NFL. And, you know, it's sort of an indefensible position that the league is in because we all know there's only one blackhead coach in the NFL. That amounts to exactly 3.125% of NFL head coaches. So there is no position really to defend from a league perspective. What, let's just say that there, and I know that it has been rumored that there are witnesses to this, uh, you know, the offer for $100,000 to tank games. What then would that do to, I mean, should, you know, Stephen Ross be forced to sell the team because in essence he's fixing ball games? Or what, what do you think comes of all of this if indeed there are witnesses to this as Brian Flores now claims? Well, the onus is definitely on Flores now to produce these witnesses. Um, We're not sure what the timetable will be for that to happen, but uh, they, they, the reports are that they uh, claim that they have corroborating evidence and that there are witnesses, plural, by the way. Uh, And so that would be the smoking gun right there. People can, corroborate what Flores is alleging, then, yeah, there's really no option. Um, the, the whole essence of sports is competition, and you can't have competition if it's fixed. If it's fixed and, and people know the result beforehand, we're talking about pro wrestling. You know, it's scripted. And the NFL, and any sport really, uh, is really fighting for its integrity when something like that comes into question. So there, there's really no, there's no out here. Uh, 
the only the only solution would be for us to step aside and someone else take over the club. What has the fan reaction been? My assumption is it's been fast and furious down there. Are people just living by the let's wait and see, or are they coming out going, okay, this was a weird firing to begin with because you've actually had some seasons in which you've won, but are fans now reacting to this saying, wait a minute? Um, I've seen things uh, that are indicating it's all over the board, really. Uh, Some people are... Uh, sort of anti-Flores, wondering why he's coming out and speaking the way he is. Uh, where's the proof? That sort of thing. Uh, there's a, a, a lot of people who are, you know, pointing out, and, and this is correct, that an allegation is not proof of any wrongdoing. Uh, on the other hand, there, there are people who are sort of uh, fed up with uh, a lot of the things that are, have happened since Ross took over the team. And let's face it, you know, on field, the results aren't there. And there have been a number of embarrassing situations. Uh, you know, I'm sure your listeners can recall when I mentioned the word bully gate. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a, a sort of a nightmare situation for the Dolphins. And as bad as bully gate was, you know, having CNN and everybody, you know, going in a locker room interviewing players about something that has nothing to do with football, really. Well, this this situation is way worse than Bullygate ever was. Talking with Hal Habib, uh, the Palm Beach Post. He's been covering the uh, Miami Dolphins and has seen down there for a long, long time. Uh, I, you know, I kind of feel for sports in Miami. <laughs> you know, between baseball and the team <laughs> trying to put itself together and trading away Christian Yelich and giving us, uh, you know, that that gem, <laughs> and now everything that's gone on with this football team. I kind of feel for the fans down there. I mean, thank God you got good weather and other things to do, and at least the Miami Heat have been relevant. But man, this is uh, this has got to be frustrating if you're a fan down there. You know what I mean? Uh, it definitely is. I mean, like you mentioned, thank God that there's, uh, you know, Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. Uh, we can always count on them to be competitive. And we do have the number one hockey team in, in the NHL right now and the Panthers, believe it or not. But, yeah, it. Uh, I mean, just think about it. Um, the fact that the Dolphins had two consecutive winning seasons, neither of which resulted in a playoff berth, but two consecutive winning seasons was worthy of somehow, you know, pointing it out and, and it became noteworthy here. That's how, that's how lean these years have been since uh, a guy named Marino retired. Um, so yeah, if you're a Dolphin fan and you're still defending Ross, defending the club, um, that certainly puts you in the category of a diehard fan, I would have to say. There are, there are people, believe it or not, there are people who have been born, graduated from high school, and are pretty far along in graduating from college who have never watched the Dolphins win a playoff game. How about that? Oh, yeah. And then we think about just the opposite here, that if anybody was born bef- you know, after 1989, you've never known bad quarterback playing Green Bay. So I, I, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. You know, I mean, it's been few and far between. So what do you expect now? The NFL has said they're going to, uh, you know, give an investigation, but it's already seemingly like uh, they're out to discredit in some way, shape or form Flores' comments. So what do you expect out of the NFL? What's the next move? 
Well, I think there's going to be, whether the NFL likes it or not, there's going to be focus on the Rooney rule and what could be done. You know, ultimately, though, I, I do wonder how much can be done. I mean, the fact that there is a need for a Rooney rule tells you something right there. And these are billionaires who don't like being told what to do. And ultimately, each one of those 32 owners has to make a decision. And you can't have a blanket requirement just, you know, basically picking their head coach for them. You can require them to interview people and interview qualified minority candidates, but ultimately you can't force their hand. So that's one thing. It, it will definitely become a, a major topic of discussion. As far as the tanking part of it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL instituted some sort of a lottery system. There was a, a couple of years ago, the NFL had uh, its meetings down here in Fort Lauderdale. And I actually asked Roger Goodell, is there a need for a lottery in the NFL? And at the time, he said he didn't see any evidence of tanking. Everything is fine, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I wonder if this might change the landscape, uh, especially if, if it's true that what's coming from the Flores camp, that there are other coaches who've seen evidence of, you know, either tanking and as well as evidence of uh, minority uh, coaches just going through sham interviews. All of that is, is stuff that we need to see more evidence and then start to really get a clear picture of what we're up against here. Well, we kind of saw that with Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. You know, uh, now there's accusations uh, about the Cleveland Browns organization doing the exact same thing. So, yeah, that might some be something that comes to the forefront, uh, no doubt about it. Um, so it, it, one of the side note to this is Flores mentioned that there was a prominent quarterback that was being brought down that he was going to have lunch with and he was going to talk to. Uh, nobody talks about that, but we all assume that that was Tom Brady. Has that in any way, shape, or form been verified, or do you expect the NFL to go to Brady and say, hey, did you indeed have lunch with Ross on his yacht? Uh, is, is, is that being talked about? It's being talked about down here. Um, I think the NFL will look into it. You know, uh, one thing that really gets the NFL's attention is when you mention the word tampering, and it's important to keep in mind that Brady was still a member of the New England Patriots at the time. Uh, it's also unclear to me uh, whether Ross's um, promise, if you want to call it that, that a prominent quarterback is going to magically show up at the yacht. I'm still trying to figure out if that player, uh, and, and we do believe it's Brady, we've been told it's Brady, did he actually show up? Um, right. That part, you know, I'm still trying to sort out. So it'd be nice if, if Brady uh, came forward and answered a few questions on that. He might well say, what the heck are you talking about? Uh, you know, we don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I, you have to keep in mind that it's been so so bare down here as far as quarterback play that, that Steve Ross is really desperate to get a franchise QB. We've gone through so many. Uh, you've probably seen the list of guys who have, have long been forgotten who actually started games at quarterback for the Dolphins post-Marino. It's, it's really remarkable. Just be grateful uh, 
for a guy named Aaron Rodgers up there. Oh God, yes, I completely agree. Hey, real quick before I let you go, who, who's who's like now going to be considered for the head coaching position there? I mean, I'm sure they're going to be going through the interview process, and there's going to be a microscope on the Dolphins. But is there a front runner right now? Do you feel? Um, it's probably Mike McDaniel of the 49ers staff, technically uh, considered offensive coordinator, although. Shanahan called the plays. Kellen Moore of the Cowboys is also under consideration. But the wild card in all of this is we haven't heard from either gentleman in the past couple of days as to how all of this big lawsuit mess uh, might affect their interest in the Dolphins. I mean, whoever comes in here really is going to have to roll up his sleeves. He's going to have to put up with a lot of things that uh, – call it distractions, noise, whatever word you want to you want to use. But they're going to have to put up with a lot of stuff that most first-year first coaches don't have to deal with. So that's something they really have to think about. Hal, it's great to talk to you. certainly appreciate it, and thanks for a little bit of your time, okay? Thank you. Take care now. Thanks so much. There you go. Hal Habib joining us for a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline and talking with us uh, from – the Palm Beach Post about what's going on down in Miami. It's just an interesting situation, and I think the uh, – now we'll see how much the NFL is able to slam the lid on this, but I think that a good beam of light is now creeping out of Pandora's box, and the NFL is now going to be forced to deal with this all over again. Uh, stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Rams and the Bengals getting ready for the Super Bowl. We'll have reports from L.A. every day next week as the Bill Michael Show broadcasts live from Super Bowl 56. Rams left tackle Andrew Whitworth, now 40 years old, talked about facing his former team, the Cincinnati Bengals, where he played his first 11 seasons in the NFL. It's really cool and really special. I mean, having a relationship with a lot of the staff over there still and, and also some of the players... Um, and then obviously all the relationships that we had over our time there. Um, it's a really special place to us. And, and I think I told Zach Taylor this last night when we spoke is um, place that uh, had both places have my heart and both places have people I believe in. So really, uh, really special and cool moment for me to get to play in this game and, and play against a place that means so much to me. Now, last year, the Bengals were 4-11-1. This year, they're in the Super Bowl. What made the difference? Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Playing more together. You know, uh, we playing together as a team, and you didn't see that last year, and this year you've seen it. So, you know, all, us being always like who we are. You know, it starts in the locker room, joke around, laugh around. We just one big family, and it shows on the field. You know, we all were just playing together, playing complimentary football, you know, offense, defense so it shows and Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari was asked on the McAfee show why so many stories about Aaron Rodgers often involve unnamed sources he's extremely calculated I think that's why I always laugh when I see reports and stuff come out like they're trying to be the first person to say what he was thinking this is a guy who he's always almost prided himself on this like monk type philosophy he'd rather double his amount of listening over than just like talking too much he wants to really make sure and calculate exactly what he's going to say or his action that he's going to do. So that's why when I hear these things come out kind of out of left field, I'm like, I mean, that's just such, I don't even want to use the words. It's it's bull. That's David Bakhtiari. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels show.
Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues on. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Appreciate Hal Habib joining us for a couple of minutes uh, from down there in Miami. Uh, talking to us uh, about the situation that's going on with Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and what's taking place down there because um, there's there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Um, and, and there really is. I mean, there's um, obviously a... Um, there's, like I said, when we went to break, it, it really did kind of open up the Pandora's box, if you will, as to what the NFL is now going to have to look into on in all seriousness. So uh, thanks to him for joining us for a couple of minutes. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to do so. So the Texans... Uh, now, correct me if uh, go through this with me here, Ben, real quick, because I'm trying to go through as you're, as you're tweeting this to me. Uh, so Josina Anderson is saying that the Texans have not made a decision on their head coach, but they're still considering Brian Flores. Am I correct in that? She reported about an hour ago that, yes, Brian Flores is still considered a finalist, along with Jonathan wow. Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator, and Josh McCown, former NFL okay. quarterback. Yeah, Josh McCown, obviously. Um, boy, that's uh, – it's – she went on to it, say that the guy the Vikings are set to hire was someone they loved, but it looks like they can't get him. Okay. So the Vikings are set to hire the guy that they loved, but they can't get him? Like Kevin O'Connell uh, interviewed Kevin, with the I, Texans. I was, the Texans really liked him, okay, but it looks okay, like he's okay. going to Minnesota. He's going to the Vikings. Yeah, he's going to yes. the Vikings. That was announced earlier today. Uh, I was going to say I was I was listening to I was hearing that wrong, so I wanted to kind of back that up for a minute. So, uh, but Kevin O'Connell, who is the offensive coordinator for the Rams, is set to become the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. A guy coming out of the Sean McVay tree. Then you've got different head coaching candidates still available and still kind of on that short list down in Houston. Which, by the way, they still has there been any new news? I mean, I even looked the other day. There's nothing. On what's going down on down there with Deshaun Watson, right? No, nothing. I haven't heard anything. Uh, and that just all that was such a, a like a comet. That was such an incredibly hot story, and more and more women were coming out. And there was twenty plus women, almost thirty plus women, that had come out with similar stories and sexual abuse and assault. And then all of a sudden, gone. Now I know that after the women's attorney did that that very public interview in which they then brought a couple of the women out that the judge said okay let's let's end this because we're not we're not going to play this out in public if indeed there are charges brought but i have not heard anything since then and as far as i know there's not charges correct not that i've seen they never arrested him i've kind of expected this to be a post super bowl thing nfl finds a way to hold it off to the off season right uh, i just uh, there has been nothing Nothing. Uh, One of the most, it's kind of comical, actually, but one of the most egregious moves within the rules, but it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to do anything and everything we can to gain an advantage and screw you. Did you see that the United States soccer team got a win yesterday over Honduras, three to nothing? Oh, yeah. It was, what, negative 35? They did it in Minnesota. 
They scheduled this game in Minnesota outside. It was one degree at the start of the game. I could barely even walk to my car this morning. One degree. (laughs) You're bringing in these poor SOBs from Honduras. (laughs) You talk about absolutely screwing them. I mean, holy wow. You bring in these guys from Honduras and you say, you know what? United States, we're going to play you. And they're like, okay, great. We're going to play you in Minnesota. Oh, U.S. Bank Stadium is fantastic. No, (laughs) we're going to play outside at TCF Bank Stadium. I shouldn't laugh, but if I live in Honduras, I don't even think I'm making a plane. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I think I coughed real hard, pooped my pants, sprained an ankle, and and fell down my steps. I, I can't make that trip. One degree, <laughs> 27 below wind chill. Come on, man. The United States soccer team's going, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. We're good with that. Man. Uh, you talk about outrageous. Something else is outrageous. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. More than the Michaels Show is next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.